Hey, welcome to episode 10 of the Motown Family Sports Rant. In today's episode, we discuss the top coaches in Detroit and the state of Michigan, the historical best coaches for each major program. We then go over the new Big Ten schedule and how it'll affect Michigan next year with UCLA and USC joining. Brett tells us about his Taylor Swift concert experience, the massive amount of people that converge on the downtown area, and how it might affect the NFL draft next year. Enjoy the show. Anyway, welcome to episode 10 now, the Motown Family Sports Rant. Anyway, today we're going to start out with a fun topic. Uh, we're going to go over the kind of the main coaches in Michigan and rank them. I think this is relevant with the Monty Williams hire. Uh, we can see how he ranks among the other coaches based on his complete success dad, not just what he's done with the Pistons, which is still zero. So Russ Thomas. Yeah, he'll be number one. Clearly. All right. So first and most, in no particular order, Dan Campbell. Where do you guys rank him in terms of like top coaches? Dan Campbell. So I actually, I, I told you, Craig, I did like one through five. That's as far as I got, like, because I just did it a couple minutes ago. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Perfect. I got, I got Dan Campbell number two behind. Do you want me to say who? Yes. Well, how about, yeah, we'll go Dan Campbell. He's the first name, the next one. And we'll say if he's better or worse than Dan Campbell. We'll kind of go from there. Okay. Who you got next? Oh, like after him or before him? Before him. One or just two. name a, Just name another coach. I don't care. Yeah, sure. Who's yeah. next on your list? Before Tom him. Izzo. Okay, Tom Izzo. I think he's better than Dan Campbell, right? Do you? Okay. Really? You don't? All right. I, I had Dan Campbell at number two, uh, only behind Jim Harbaugh because he's just what he's done recently. But um, oh, we're put Jim number I, one. I mean, All Izzo, right. Well, yeah. Izzo, I feel like is a presence. So I had I am a three because of that because he's just kind of consistent presence in college basketball. But what is he like? What are they really, really done lately? You know, when was the last time he won a national championship? And I get it. He's he's been way better than Michigan. You know, he's been consistent for for a while. Um, there was that one year they didn't make the you know March Madness a couple years ago. But other than that, he's been really good at making it, and sometimes sometimes good at making runs. But seemingly they always kind of run flat. At least that's been the pattern recently. Is what it seems like too. Like they'll lose to some nobody in like the second or maybe third round. You know. So that's why, but he, but we got to respect it. So I got him at three. What do you think about that, Dad? You think Tom Izzo is worse than Dan Campbell? I think I guess it depends how we're ranking them. If we're ranking them based yeah. on what have they done lately, then yeah, I think Campbell is better. If you're talking about historically over the course of his career, it's hard not to give nod to the Izzo because he's just done it for so long and he's been such a presence for so long. So if like if 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 it's just what have we done recently, I would put Campbell ahead of Izzo because for the reasons Brett just already stated, they always this lately they just seem to they just don't have it, you know. It's this and the way he used to fire up those kids almost by shaming them publicly just doesn't seem to work with this new crop of kids. So yeah, yeah I would say I'd give the nod to Dan Campbell at this point over Izzo. Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure would Izzo would Campbell be number one, or did you have someone before? Well, what? let's let's kind of just name coaches and well, yeah, we'll kind of put them in place of the order. Okay, how we think. I think I think I agree though. I think we right now maybe we should do them like who's best right now. I think that's good. We should have set some criteria versus historically. Yeah, that and um, like what what that mean? like we're going based on like results like record. Are we going because I think Campbell is number two in my opinion just just because like the whole everything like the culture and all that like the attitude shifts that kind of you know but i think yeah just right now which coach you think you guys both agree tom or dan campbell is better than tom Izzo right now then? At, at this point yeah he had a lot to overcome to get um, lines established as a credible 
teams. So yes. Yeah. To requote Dad, mad respect, I think is what he's saying here. Yes. Mad respect, yeah. Dad, I was gonna respect. actually disagree with you guys, but um, you know, I'll be outvoted here. I just I, I think Todd Dan Campbell's uh, a pretty good coach. He's got the lines going in the right direction. I think just still though, like between the two of them, I mean Michigan State's always good. I know recently they haven't won championships or anything, but I mean, neither has Dan Campbell, so they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Although they had a good run, and I think he's got the lines in the right uh, direction. But, yeah. but that's fine. I'll be outvoted on that. Dan Campbell will put number one so far behind Tom Izzo, or uh, in front of Tom Izzo. And then, uh, how about who do you have next, Brett? Hinch. Okay. I think Hinch is going to go off of next because I think he's pretty okay. high up there too. When and- so, where do you have him? Yeah. Um, on mine, he was either three or four. I'm at four right after Izzo, just because I think he what he what he's doing with literally no talent at this point. And I, I don't know. I think it shows when their few good players they had playing for them went down, how bad they really are now. Like how bad they were, dependent on those two guys too, and just how good a job he does with scrapping together everyone else other than you know. In addition I, to those two guys, so I agree. And even the two who went down weren't tearing up the league or anything. No, but they were definitely like the two like best yes. pitcher and best hitter we had. You know, when your best hitter is Zach McKinstry, and he's and he still had them in it for at least a while. Yeah, it's hard to argue that he's not a good coach. I, yeah. I'd like to see what he could do with some real talent. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah, I guess that he's kind of a hard one for me to judge because I do think. He does the most with the least. His team, though, has also been the worst of probably any of the teams we're going to talk about. So I think he's probably better than Dan Campbell just because I think Dan Campbell had more talent and he had more help. He had a general manager with him, whereas I think A.J. Hinch last year was basically just trying to keep that entire organization afloat on his own, it felt like. At least this year he sort of got Scott Harris, who may or may not be good, but... Um, God, I don't know where to put him though on the list. It's so hard for me. Where do you have him, Brett? I have him at four, but it sounds like you would have him like at, at like a two or a th- three kind. Of I think thing. I'd put him at the top three. I'm trying to debate. I think I honestly probably think he's. I think you guys think Dan Campbell's a little bit better than I do. I do like Dan Campbell. I just I think he hasn't quite proved himself yet. I think this year is going to prove a lot. But I probably would put him ahead of Dan Campbell. What do you guys think? I uh, yeah, I would. Just because Campbell's shown a bit better results, and I get it. Yeah, you're right. Like, it's hard to be on the same page with Al Avila because he's an idiot. <laughs> so, as opposed to, uh, it's you know, pronounced Avila. <laughs> as opposed to Holmes, who, like, they're literally, like, attached to him, him and Campbell. So, I could I could be swayed that way, but I'm probably, like, 60 40 Campbell Hinch, I would say. Okay. All right. Yeah, How about you, Dan? I, I, I agree. I think, you know, we're, we're giving, um, Campbell less credit than he deserves because we're saying that the Lions had more talent. Well, before they started winning last year, we didn't think they had that much talent. I just think he got more out of his players than some other NFL coaches would be because of the what he's trying to instill with the team. So I, I put him ahead of ahead of Hinch, even though I think Hinch is pretty talented based on the fact that he's trying to field a major league team with a bunch of minor leaguers. And for a while there, they were still in contention. But I would put Campbell, I think his results just put him a little bit ahead of Hinch at this point. Yeah. Okay. I think it's also, is it different? Like, do you guys, to your guys' understanding or, or whatever your opinion is, is it different, like, accumulating talent for baseball versus football teams? And which one's, like, 
Is it easier? I think it's much more difficult for baseball personally. I think it's so much of a crapshoot. I know the NFL is still kind of like a guessing game with the draft, but I feel like, I don't know, there's just way more correlation between, I mean, let's just look at the Tigers. How many high draft picks have we had and who's, who's panned out yet? Yeah, I really feel like none of them have so far. So whose so. fault is that? Is that the people picking them, or is that's that- Avila? I think that's Avila. That's why I give Hinch so much credit for. So I guess um, in Dan Campbell, I see like a lot of their success attributed more to Ben Johnson and and Aaron Glenn, although Campbell was part of it. But but that's fine. I'm, I'm fine with Dan Campbell being high on the list. Okay, so we got him at number one right now. Then technically, yeah. Who who's number one? Okay. I, I, yeah. So yeah, right now we have Dan Campbell. Then are you going to put AJ Hinch ahead of Tom Izzo or below Tom Izzo? Yeah, that's, that's where we're at. Right I think right now, I don't know. Like, what have you done lately? I so think a big, probably, yeah. yeah. I, I think know. if you're looking at results, it's definitely Izzo ahead of Camp ahead of um, Hinch. But if you're looking at what he's being able to do with what he's been handed, I think you got to give them that nod to yeah. Hinch. Resolve through the struggle. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hinch. I think I kind of look at it as if Hinch had talent and he did with like uh, when he was with Houston, Houston yep. the team is amazing. So I feel like if he had talent, I'm kind of projecting here. You know, one knows, but I think he would, I mean, I think the Tigers would be in playoff contention easily yeah. if he actually had any kind of real talent. So I will say we're all, we're all Michigan fans. So there's a bit, there's a bit of bias, you know, a little bit, I'm sure. So <laughs> I actually think Tom is a, I wouldn't put him any lower than three on this list that I have right here. Cause I just yeah. think he's, he's always been a steady coach and I know he hasn't won a ton of championships, but. Is a hall of fame coach. There's no For denying. Sure. And I'm yeah. a Michigan fan by far, but is yeah. a hall of fame coach. He's done it so well for so long. Yeah. You can't you can't downplay that. And I think you have to give him his kudos and where it's warranted. He's he's a great coach. If if he was available for U of M, I would take him in a heartbeat. Hell yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. yeah. I think he's cooled off a little bit in recent years. The game's just changed. But I think the game has think, changed a little bit. Yeah. yeah. The players aren't as receptive to what his his thing was before. So all right. So I'm back to you do put him ahead of inch or about low inch. We got Dan Campbell number one. Hinch or Izzo next? Right now. We would put Izzo probably ahead of Hinch right now. Okay. Yeah, pretty much just because of what he's been able to produce. Yeah. How about, right. Number one, do you guys have Harbaugh number one? I do, yes, because of what have you done lately. I do for that reason, and I do think for, he's better than previous Michigan coaches who used to field a team of prima donnas who used to go out there and think they could win by just showing up. I think this group plays harder and that you got to attribute that a little bit to Harbaugh. Yeah, they definitely play a different style of football. Um, they were talking and, and they were comparing like the actual like what they put on the field, but they're saying in terms of like reloading every year, Michigan has kind of become like an SEC type thing. You you expect them at this point now, even though it's only been like two years in to this whole kind of new territory thing, you expect them to reload every year. You expect them to be in the same spot, at least that they were last year, if not better, you know? Yeah, so, I agree. And that's never been the case for Michigan. Even, and it's, you know, say what you want about being a Mich- you know, a guy from Michigan and all that. It's still really hard to do at a school like Michigan. Um, the fan base is super effing stubborn as shit. You know, it's, it's, it's yeah. hard to uh, come in and, 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 and do that even with the fit. It's been easy because he is kind of like the returning Jesus child figure to that extent, but it's also still, you know, every time something goes wrong, he gets, he gets, he gets kind of put in the hot seat almost sort of thing. 
It is uh, true that their recruiting restrictions are more difficult, though. I mean, there was just a, bis- a basketball transfer that wasn't able to come play because he got he didn't have the grades or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, the, the Caleb Love dude. Yeah, that 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 kind of. No. You look at every year Ohio State has a higher ranked incoming class than Michigan does. It's the same this year. In the last two years, Michigan has has pretty much owned them. So you got to think at some level, Harbaugh's getting more out of his players than than Ryan Day is. Yeah. And to say that Michigan recruits like an SEC team, I I think they're close to that level. But you know, I think. They're not. They're not Ohio State in terms of who they get for for recruits. Ohio State's probably the most talented team year in and year out, mm-hmm. but Michigan has just owned them the last two years, and it's something Harbaugh's doing or something he's recognized. So I think yeah. you got to give him credit for that. I agree. I wasn't actually going to have him as high on the list as you guys have, but you've kind of convinced me. I think recently, especially, it's hard to beat his success right now. Mm-hmm. So I'd put him first on the list. So we have uh, Harbaugh, Campbell, Izzo, Hinch so far. Does that sound about right? Didn't we put Izzo ahead of Campbell? Harbaugh, Campbell. I think we did. Oh, I thought you guys wanted Dan Campbell ahead of Izzo. No, yeah, you said Campbell was a better yeah. coach right now, didn't you? Yeah. Or do yeah. you, you change in your mind, Brett? You think Izzo's number two now? No, no, no. I'm cool with that. I like Dan Campbell number two. Uh, okay. So I'm make my list. Uh, next I have is uh, Juwan Howard then. Where we play. You see, he's fifth right now, right? <laughs> you have Juwan at five? Oh, man. I, well, I'm, no, no, no. I have him not quite necessarily, but in the four, he's the least right now, right? Like okay. he, every coach we've mentioned is is better he, than him. I would say yes. So, yeah. I would put him yeah. definitely worse on the list so far. Yeah, pretty low yeah. in the terms of like most, of, like maybe just above Mel Tucker, maybe. <laughs> but that's I, we we can compare him to Mel Tucker. I'd probably put him ahead of Mel Tucker. Tucker had one good season. <laughs> <laughs> he has one good season because he had one good player that year who carried the team. Well, he hit like hit the now home Tucker, run in the transfer. Now Tucker yeah. is overrated. Yeah, yeah. How about you know like the Wings coach Lalonde? Where would you put him? Uh, I think ahead of Tucker and Juwan. I I don't know. I think also he didn't have a ton of talent last year, but I feel like it, he also had probably more than a lot more than like Hinch did. And he still did, you know, I don't know. They still missed the playoffs. I don't think Eisenman really helped it by trading away all his good players at the trading deadline. But yeah. I, uh, think I think it's too early to tell for the most part. When he had is. pieces at the beginning of the year, they had all those big Swedish dudes in that one line. They were all held. like, it looked different like, and it looked good. Like they were going the right direction, but some injuries happened. And then they kind of, they just still kept up for a while, but they just, I don't know. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Really I wonder, it. would they have made the playoffs had they not had the fire sale at the end of the year? Yeah. Probably. Maybe snuck in. Because but, that yeah. might change where you rank Lalonde. I think it I think it totally would. Because this these playoffs too didn't like like Boston had like by far the rest best record the entire year and they kind of tanked it. And yeah. then like yeah. Florida came out of nowhere, barely made it, and has kind of gone on a run. So like I don't know. Yeah, maybe something could have happened too, and it would have changed it even more, you know. Yeah. But that's a good point, though, to Iserman's yeah. thing. Well, we don't have a chance to win the cup. I I think once you get into the playoffs, if you just get hot, especially with a bunch of young, passionate players, yeah. I you never know what could have happened there. So, 
Yeah, I mean, look at like it's like the it's the the Kraken and the Knights, the two newest teams, are a bunch of misfits. They make make and go far in the play. I don't pay attention to hockey that much, but I just I know they always come up in the playoffs, like making it far. You know? Yeah, I mean, the what the the Golden Knights have been in the league for what, like five years now. I think they have made the playoffs like four of them. Yeah, yeah, and they've been to the they've been to the finals. I think it's the second time now in four yeah. years or whatever. So. And they play in it's Vegas. Possible. Like, come on. I know. They play in the fucking <laughs> desert. <laughs> there is no natural ice in Las Vegas. <laughs> That's true. Except for the drinks, Craig. <laughs> it's not natural. <laughs> anyway, so Lalonde is probably, I think he's still ahead of Tucker and Howard, though. You guys agree? Lalonde, yes. Yep. Yeah. They are like, yes, bottom tier. Okay. Can I introduce an interesting one next? Yeah, go for it. Who you got next? Monty Williams. <clears throat> that was who I was going to bring up next. Yeah. So he, I feel like he's a tough one to place. I'd probably put him fairly high on the list just based on what he's done recently. Yeah. I think you have to rank him based on potential, obviously, because we don't know what he's going to do here. Potential, think, what he did at Phoenix recently, too. I yes. mean, he actually brought them to pretty high levels from a crappy team, you know, from what it sounds yeah. like. Um, it's from a kind of crappy franchise for a while, too, is what it sounds like. So, yeah. It's, I mean, Phoenix hasn't done much. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. It sounds um, sounds kind of like they're going for a Dan Campbell type hire. They're going for a, pe- a coach's player type guy, who's character like, guy, yeah, guy, all about that kind of stuff. So I like it. I'm excited about the direction. Maybe that you know. So, but I'd, I'd put him. I would you guys put him above or below Lalonde or what the hell his name is Lalonde? I think I'd put him above Lalonde. I'm debating putting him above Hinch. I'm gonna call what him you- Lalonde. I put him above Lalonde just because of the excitement, the potential, what he's done historically. Yeah. I don't know about Hinch. I mean, honestly, Hinch is so hard to read. I mean, Hinch is, is pretty much the same kind of coach. I mean, yeah. if you give him talent or some talent, they win, right? Or, yeah. he, or he gets the most out of his players. So I think he and Williams are very similar in that regard. I would expect. So the yeah. I don't know yeah. who I'd put ahead. Yeah. The thing I'll say against Hinch, I feel like if you give any coach talent, they're more likely to win. But he's uh, also, yeah, true. but he's also won with. He's not really won that much, but he's also doing pretty good. With I mean, they have no one. We talked about it last week. They're basically double and triple A players that they have right now. They are it's hard to watch. That they had a lot of talent. They were talking about this at radio just earlier today. Actually, I happened to be listening to it. But um, and he was saying like they they didn't the Astros weren't a good team when he came. He was part of like the whole comeuppance there. You know. Like he played a role in that. He was, so. yeah. Where yeah. so are we gonna put him? Are we gonna put him above or below Hinch? Did we kind of? That is so tough. I think he's right around there. I think I'd probably put him above Hinch right now. I mean, he did make it. Pretty, he's he had a lot of success with Phoenix before he they for some reason fired him. Hinch did win the World Series though, whether he cheated or not. And yeah. Monty Williams didn't actually win a championship. I'd put him on a par. Oh, I mean, I'm not true. sure I could put one above the other. You got to pick, make a decision. Um, I'm going with Hinch because I haven't. Seen... Yeah, I pick yeah. Hinch. Yeah, based off of Hinch. Hinch. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You going Hinch too, Dad? Yes. Okay. So. That's fine. I'll be convinced of that. Um, that's the only coaches I have. You got anybody else, Brett or Dad, that you want to put on that list? Russ Thomas. <laughs> Not a coach. All right. So our final ranking then Russ, is Jim Russ, Harbaugh number one. Where does Russ Thomas rank on this list? <laughs> All right, go go for it. All right, sorry. No, you're you're good. Jim Harbaugh, Dan Campbell, number two. Tom Izzo, number three. Hinch is number four. 
Monty Williams five. Then we have Lalonde, Jawan Howard, and we we think Mel Tucker's the worst coach of the major <laughs> athletics in Michigan Mel, right now. I think Mel Tucker's in the hot seat this year. Yeah, he's the producer. I think the state fans had an expectation when he won that one year, and then they've sucked it up the last couple. I think if he doesn't be credible this year, I think he's maybe on his way out. I'm not sure what his contract provides for, but. I think it's like 10 fucking years. I think they're yeah. kind of stuck with him. I mean, I, they'll probably just eat it if he's really that bad. But Well, they got that game at Ford Field, so that'll help. All right, well, I think it's a pretty good list, though, and Mel Tucker sucks. We all agree on that. So No, I thought, Dad, we, we'll give you, since uh, we want to do a little bit of a throwback to it, we'll name the best coaches that we th- have been watched it for each sport. So why don't you start not, us I'm off, not, Dad? I'm, I'm not sure. when I might sulk on this one. I'm not sure I want to share this with you because you oh kind of dissed me online. And I'm just kidding. So just because um, it would take four hours I'm to go talking. over every coach. <laughs> so baseball. Um, yeah. Other, you know, the couple from the Tigers I remember as being great coaches over the years. Obviously, Sparky Anderson winning the World Series, and then way back when I was just a kid, Billy Martin was a great coach who got the Tigers to the playoffs with a bunch of old guys, holdovers from the 68 world champions. And they got them into the playoffs against Oakland hockey. You got to give, you got to give the nod to uh, Bowman, right? Bowman, Scotty, Scotty Bowman, Bowman. Mm-hmm. all those, all those cups they won. Um, and then basketball, Chuck Daly back in the days of the bad boys with the Pistons. I mean, he instilled a culture with that team where they were just a hard team to play defensively night in and night out without a whole lot of huge scores. They just were, you know, played a hard brand of basketball. And what else? Base, baseball, football. F- f- the Lions, <laughs> Lions haven't had good coaches. And, Honestly, it's got to be Dan Campbell, right? Like, Yeah, I Dan mean, Campbell. How long far do you want to go back? But... I mean, Wayne Fonts, they got to the playoffs, but that was only because of Barry Sanders. Mm-hmm. I mean, I could have coached I could have coached Barry Sanders and made the playoffs. Just give Barry the ball. So I don't yeah, know that the, the Lions point. have had historically a really good coach. They've had a lot of people they brought in with a lot of fanfare who've been successful elsewhere and have fallen on their face with the Lions. So. Makes sense. What about Michigan football? Is it Michigan Schembechler? football? Schembechler could never win the big game. He, he always got them to the Rose Bowl and they always lost. <laughs> I mean, he, he did reestablish foot, Michigan as a football powerhouse in the late 60s and early 70s, but he, he never won the big game. Uh, honestly, Lloyd Carr had more success. He actually won a, a co-national championship. Um, and from Michigan State, God, way back, Duffy Doherty, George Perlis. Duffy Doherty, they won champ- I think they won national championships back in the day with Duffy. I, that was, I was never really a Michigan State fan, but I, I know he had some really good teams. Yeah. How about uh, so Michigan Bas- my... Michigan and Michigan State basketball? Michigan Michigan basketball, Johnny Orr, Bill Frieder. Johnny Orr's teams always made the NCAAs. Bill Frieder's teams went to the finals. Remember the Jawan Howard timeout when there was no timeout? The Michigan mm-hmm. was without the timeouts. That's They, sh- they probably should have won a couple of national championships. So great well, they were also paying those players. So Well, yeah, that's beside the <laughs> I don't know how much it was coaching or money, but. Yeah, it was probably money. But uh, yeah, Michigan State basketball. Judd Heathcote. I mean, he had Irving Johnson. I mean, that's just give Irving the ball. They had a couple other good players. They had Greg Kelser and 
couple other good ball players, but they were they were amazing the year Irving and he they won the championship. Yeah, I mean it's hard so, to out the way with Magic Johnson, right? Yeah. We'll try that. Anyway, Brett, uh, go through, a, name each one of the, you think are your best coaches in your lifetime that you've seen for each sport. Oh, uh, man. Uh, best, well, best football coach is definitely Dan Campbell. There's, it's not even close. Yeah. The worst is Matt Patricia. That's, that's a little fun side, side subject. There. Yeah, yeah. We'll do that next week. Um, best, <laughs> best Michigan coach, probably Lloyd Carr, just cause he actually won a national championship, even though I like, barely, don't really remember it. I was like four, because um, Harbaugh hasn't done that yet. But I, you know, I like what Harbaugh's doing. Dad, I thought it was funny how you talked about Shem Beckler like always making it to the last game and then not, you know, not being able to win the big games. Because it's kind of what Harbaugh does a little bit too, <laughs> to an extent. Um, you know, that's what it kind of seems like that's his mo a little bit. But I hope not. I hope he can overcome stuff. But uh, hockey, I. Uh, Man, I don't know. Probably, uh, I think it's still probably Scotty Bowman for me. It's got to be Scotty Bowman. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because he's won the most championships. That makes sense. I mean, he had a shitload of talent, but you know, mm-hmm. still. What about the Tigers? Uh, Jim Leland. Yeah, definitely. In my time, um, not really even close for me. <laughs> they've pretty, they've pretty shitty managers in my lifetime. Other than, other than somewhat recent ones you know? they've kind of recently but yeah they, they had like a 10-year stretch where they were good but before and after that they've been shit and then what about michigan yeah. basketball in your uh in your since you've been watching the easily beeline not even close i would think so yeah yeah that's true forgot about him yeah yeah i mean i think uh only one up there with one of the better ones. I, yeah I he, he made the he made it to the finals twice right to the final game yeah. lost both times but it was close in both of them. And how many like Sweet Sixteen or uh, a ton? Yeah. Like, so yeah, with like not that great. I like, should have left. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So, but yeah, I think those are good coaches. I think six, traditionally, I feel like Michigan, the state, has had really good teams. Right now, it's just kind of like a dark ages. I feel like usually there's at least one or two, like the Pistons or Tigers or Wings. I mean, the lines always suck, but. Michigan football is always pretty consistent. Basketball's kind of been up and down historically, but we're just kind of in a in a lull right now of championships and playoffs and and successful teams. Just the line. Well, that's not true. We have Michigan. Michigan's been good the last. Well, on the topic of Michigan, I want to talk about the uh, new Big Ten schedule that's going to start in not this upcoming year, but next year. So um, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but they're going to, they're calling it a, like some bullshit name. They gave it like a flex team plus one or some some shit. They're going to have their protected rivalries. Some teams have two, some teams have one, but there there's three teams uh, for the next two years that they'll at least be playing home and away back to back. So like Michigan has Michigan state and Ohio state are their protected rivals. And then it's uh, I think it's Maryland is there. They're calling it their, two and two i don't know they give everything some weird dumbass name but they're going to play maryland both of the next years for sure and so those three teams they'll be guaranteed to play and then the rest kind of fluctuate see they're playing usc at home or away and then ucla the opposite right yeah i think there there's a lot they're gonna they're they're gonna rotate who they play like every few years but they're not going to get to play everybody it's still only going to be like nine conference games i think they said but the big thing is they're getting rid of the divisions Yes. So they're going to go to just top two teams are going to make the Big Ten championship game. Yeah. 
I like that. They were talking about the radio, though, how stupid it's going to be if, and this is probably how it's going to keep going in the next few years. Michigan, Michigan, Ohio State play the last week of the year, and then they play the next week right after that. You know, it's kind of stupid and anticlimactic a little bit. You know, how are they going to determine the top two teams? That's overall rankings. They're going to come out with tie tiebreaker things. They said later, depending on. But yeah, so it's going to be the whole conference of what is it going to be now? Fourteen teams. So how many? Sixteen? Fourteen? I think it is. So it's just going to be a big list of fourteen. Is it 16? Anyway, it's the big list of teams and the top two are going to play. But yeah, that brings up the point. How do you guys feel about Michigan, Ohio State potentially playing in back-to-back weeks now? I I don't love it personally. (laughs) I don't either. That's a lot, dude. And um, like, it would have been cool if they got it like this year, for instance, had gotten to replay in the playoffs like months later, you know, or a month later at least. But back to back like that. So your team wins this massive game against their biggest rival who you guys hate. And then, you know, you put all that energy into it. It's awesome. And then next week you lose because you spend all, you know, it's just like, it's so, yeah, it just leads to all you, right. all you win against the other side's just like, if you just, you know, just no, no man's land. Definitely. I don't think you're it's necessarily going to get the best team, in the big 10 by doing it that way. Right. I mean, I think, you know, Michigan could pound Ohio state in the regular season, but Ohio state comes back a week, a week later and beats Michigan. I just be just because they've had that extra week to prepare and oh, see, see the weaknesses yeah. of the team. I don't think it necessarily. Yeah, it doesn't lead to necessarily the Big Ten getting the best team representing them. Right. I think in that situation it does doesn't, but I do think it allows the two best teams to play in the championship game, which the last like really every year since we've had the championship hasn't really happened because yeah. Michigan Michigan State have just beat up on each other, and then one of them gets screwed out of playing in the championship game, and they play like. Fucking, I mean, yet last year Purdue was in it. Purdue was like the fourth or sixth best team in the Big Ten. That's There's true. no way they should have, you know. But so I do think if I think to fix it, I was thinking about this because I don't like playing back to back. It's so hard to beat someone twice in a row, especially twice in a whole fan. season. Yeah, I no. feel like they should almost move the Michigan Ohio State game to like the middle of the no. season now. You're not going to though, and that's the thing. Like, we, and it's funny you, we even bring it up till now because like I just I don't think it's gonna I don't think they're gonna move it. They're really stubborn about that game. It's one of those like stupid tradition things where they like playing the last week of the game. And I understand why, but it's just, I, like, yeah, that's that's the simple solution you just. Well, because historically, though, that was the Big Ten championship game. But then they introduced. Then now they have. They don't need that to be it anymore. It still is though. Like you know, it's, it basically is at this point. It, it is, but I feel like at least if they put it like say in the middle, even if it's not quite the last game of the year, if they just like the second to last, at least you won't play them back to back. I just. Because I feel like what's going to happen, like if they did it this year, Michigan wins again, then they play Ohio State in the Big Ten Championship, and kind of like Dad said, it's so hard to beat, especially in a neutral ground, and then they lose to Ohio State, and Ohio State's going to the playoffs. <laughs> so, yeah, is that really fair? Even though they they split the series, so I mean, the only way getting around that is if one of Michigan or Ohio State pounds the other team in the last game of the year before the championship, and then another team moves up ahead of the losing team to play in the Big Ten Championship, right? right? Right. That could happen, too, if you have, like, three undefeated teams going into that week and, like, say yeah. USC wins and Ohio State loses to Michigan, then you got a different championship game. Yeah, that's It might honestly game. fix it. The other thing is the playoffs are about to expand, so even if one of them doesn't win, they'll probably still make the playoffs. Yeah, you got to think, with, what are they going up to? That's How many teams is it? Eight? Like 12 or a, a shitload. Maybe it's just eight. I don't know. It's too many, in my opinion, but that's a different topic. Well, 
Yeah, I feel like a dumbass. I should know this, but I, I think you're right. I think it was 12. If it's 12, though, both Michigan and Ohio State probably make it most years. Pretty much every year, yeah. So then you're kind of making that game obsolete anyways, and they're probably making the championship game obsolete anyways. Right. Well, probably doesn't that's, really matter. <laughs> that's the yeah. other discussion. Yeah, does it take away from the importance of the, the game now at the end of the year if it's just Why basically Why even bother kind of... having a championship? Just play the regular season and let them yeah, continue to play honestly, Michigan and Ohio yeah. State at the end of the year and don't worry about the championship for the big time. Right. I kind of honestly almost like that a little bit better. Just yeah. kind of like they do it in like uh, like European soccer. Like there's no championship or playoffs. You just play the regular season, and when it's over, whoever's you know got the best record. But I guess then people will argue like, well, you know, like last year and this year, Michigan has just a trash, absolute trash shit record. You know, they play a bunch of cupcakes for four games. Do they deserve to be the number one team if they beat up on whoever the fuck they're playing UNLV four times? You can play UNLV four times in one year. That'd be- you can. That's a new rule of the Big Ten schedule. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't fault them for doing that. I know it's not as fun of a schedule, but like that's what it's, it's like. You're, it's a guaranteed pathway to get in. I get why they're doing it. You know, it's cool. <laughs> it's kind of boring, but we'll see how it goes. The Big Ten has at least traditionally been open to changing things. So yeah. uh, I think if it sucks or there's problems, they'll, they'll switch up the schedule again. But. Yeah. If uh, so, traditionally the Big Ten championship plays in the Rose Bowl. Uh, how's that going to work? If like, I guess USC, if it's the Big Ten Pac-12, so it's never been a problem. But isn't that kind of weird that it's like a Big Ten home site now? <laughs> yeah. Could you see the, the representing the Big Ten in the Rose Bowl? USC. Yeah, yeah that would be well, weird. You, so it's USC's like home stadium, and they're going to watch like I don't know, fucking Ohio State and. I guess Oregon, whoever's going to be left in the Pac-12 playing that then. <laughs> I feel like it's just going to be weird. <laughs> what do you guys think about, um, do you see the Messi's going to come play for the MLS team? And is it Yeah, a I saw that. Florida? What do you guys think of uh, that? Is that? Miami. Gonna, Miami, yeah. yeah. Isn't that kind of wild? I mean, why would someone with that talent come to play in the United States Major probably, League Soccer? Money? Probably money, right? I'm guessing he's yeah. getting paid. I don't know much about it. I'm just going to guess it's money. <laughs> is he getting paid? I, would paid say. Think I think it's gonna... money. I think he also said he wanted like uh, a little bit of uh, a break from everything, which is kind of is. I mean, nobody <laughs> wants. Not many soccer. people watch. <laughs> Without I mean, trying he played for hard. yeah. Who well, would he play like Barcelona? I mean, he played one of the, like the largest sports teams in the world. He played for, and now he's going to play for Inter Milan, Inter Miami, whatever the fuck they're called. Like nobody watches <laughs> Miami, so there's going to be a little bit less pressure for him. To me, it kind of reminds me of, do you remember when David Beckham went to play for the LA Galaxy? Yeah. Yes. It's kind of like these MLS stars or these big soccer stars at the end of their career. Yeah. Uh, I think it's great for the sport. I'd love it if Detroit had a team like that. And I like, would Detroit have yeah. City and Messi came to play for them. It'd be fucking sweet. <laughs> Way back in the day, remember Pele? Yeah. Pele came to play for the Tampa Bay Rowdies at the very end of his career. Or New York Cosmos, not Tampa Bay Rowdies. Yeah. And and. It was just like Babe Ruth going to play baseball in Cuba. <laughs> yeah, you know. But I mean, it's yeah, hard. I, to, it's hard to under under uh, state just how big these these uh, like popular these players are, though. Like our biggest athlete is probably LeBron. I mean, yeah. Messi is like 
10 times as big as LeBron. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, we don't talk about, but yeah. So it's pretty cool that he's going to be playing in a, an a American team. I think yeah. they were interviewing players in the Tigers, one of the other, oh, it was the Lions actually. And they were talking about their world, fam- most famous athletes in the world who they followed. And almost every one of them said Messi. Yeah. So I, I, that was kind of cool. Yeah. yeah. He's like a global superstar. Yeah. 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 It's hard to believe like, he would come he's like play here. Arguably one of the best of all time, too, isn't it? The whole thing. Yeah. Like the best yeah. Time. Well, they yeah. just won the World Cup. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I just thought it was kind of wild. It's like uh, maybe a LeBron could go play in Europe. Well, Craig, he, he's in our Madden franchise, too. So maybe he takes up the NFL as a kicker. <laughs> He's like a third string kicker for some team. So, you know, yes. he could always do that if he wanted to. All the glory. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so that was kind of, that wild. is cool. I didn't, I didn't know. I mean, I, I heard kind of about it, but I didn't, I don't know a whole lot about it. So but it would be fun to see him. Um, if they ever do a, like a rematch of that manu, uh, the, the game they did at the big house. Yeah. Years back. It was manu oh, against cool to go to. Barcelona. Was, it was a Spanish team, I think. Yeah. It was two European teams though. Right. Like they were actually two real big teams. Yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. I would, uh, I would love to go to something like that again. Speaking of big crowds, here's the transition. Brett, you went to the Taylor Swift concert this past weekend. And uh, <laughs> so you got to experience what Detroit just absolutely destroyed with people is like, how do you think that's going to be like for the draft next year? Yeah, it was kind of what was going in the back of my head when I was down there. Uh, Dad, I was telling Craig before it was it was, and I kind of briefly said when we picked up Binks to you guys too. But it's the most people I've ever seen like on Brush Street, just just in shitload of people, um, mostly women. Um, and it was funny because like you, you go to the bathroom with a guy at the football game, and there's a line, and it's just messy. There's a bunch of hectic. It is what it is. There was like one dude in the bathroom every time I went, which was which was weird. I felt like I was in the freaking Twilight Zone at Ford. Field. That's a big like, change, yeah. Yeah, um, but no, it it was. I, I thought as a concert venue, I've never been to Ford Field in that uh, respect, and I thought it was really like the sound held up really. Well. It was so damn loud. Pretty close, probably about the same as it was that Lions game, if not like a little bit louder, because they had like the entire field was. Um, like they brought in some chairs and there was like standing room for like a, a pit kind of area. Um, but no, nah, it was, it was, it was an experience. <laughs> so she, she played 40 songs and uh, people screamed basically the entire time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, you know, I'd do it again. <laughs> Probably want to see crowd control was pretty good. So that was one of the other things, like getting in was a pain in the ass and everywhere. And this is kind of where I was thinking about like the draft and how they're going to do it. Um, like, so we walked up to the front gate, one of the front gates and in typical Ford field fashion, like there was like nobody out marking or telling people where to go. Um, there was just these giant, like four or five lines that were like intersecting that people were hopping in. Um, so we finally like found this one, one worker there um, after walking around for like five, 10 minutes and he told us that like the line that this giant one that was right in front of us was was the line to get in. So we literally had to go back five or six blocks, wrapped around a couple different buildings. We were like out in the middle of like the ghetto. It was <laughs> like the end of this line was. It just like not a good, not well planned. Like the lines like crossing streets too, where cars are crossing in the ghetto. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just not it's not a good situation. So. I'm I'm interested to see how they do it for the draft because I'm sure it's going to be just as hectic, if 
probably pretty close to say. So uh, there was also, in addition to Taylor Swift concert, there was a big like Broadway show going on. There was, there was the Tigers game for all 10 people that came to that. And then there was a couple other concerts that were big, big name people coming into, I guess. So that contributed as well. But yeah, I'm worried that the draft is going to be like that. And it's just going to be, you know, getting in, it's just going to be a shit show. So what are your guys thought? I remember just the one Lions game we went to. Remember when we tried to get to the parking spot? Yeah. It, it was terrible. Yeah. And that was just one was. game. And it was just a regular season Lions game. They've got yeah. to do something with traffic patterns. Like what they do at U of M. Maybe not the same extent, but you know, they have before the game the traffic flow is all into the city. After the game the traffic flow is all out of the city. And it does help expedite movement after and before a game. Maybe yeah. they could do something like that for uh for the draft or whatever. I'm kind of, I don't know how you would do that for the draft actually. I don't think I, don't, I think you'd have to kind of that. shut down the city a little bit. Is it too close are the stadiums too close to the highway where it's like hard to plan? Cuz it is kind of every time I feel like we come into Fort Field, like we come in that same stretch and it's just like if there's if there is traffic, it's always just hectic and not well planned. Is it just a layout? Yeah, I think this is part of the problem with having a, having stadiums downtown, right? It's really cool and I like it, but it's cities aren't really designed for that mass of a people all at once. At least Detroit is it. I think they should honestly shut down those exits. Like you shouldn't be able to get off the highway there. It's just it's just hectic because you're right. It is. It's like a two blocks from Ford Field. You can get off at what is it, seventy five or whatever. There. It's just like yeah, that's probably not a great idea. <laughs> Because there's just not going to yeah. be any room to drive. But no, you're fine. I was just saying, I th- I think Taylor Swift is probably, uh, this whole thing was probably going to be, I would think, bigger than the draft. I mean, I know the draft's big, but yeah. Taylor Swift, these tickets were like, I mean, what could no, you, what did you tell me you could have resold them for? It was like thousands of dollars. I mean, yeah. Yeah, we could have each, yeah. Yeah, I do think Taylor Swift is more popular. Having, it's going to be, it's still going to be pretty hectic. It's going to be pretty close. Couldn't you have one yeah. dedicated route into the city with only going into the city? Like if if you get have to take, you know, 75 downtown and get off a couple different exits, if those were used exclusively for flow into the city, I would think, you know, yeah, I, I, th- I mean, obviously there's other ways to get downtown, but if they had those dedicated routes, they couldn't have traffic going both directions and all the flow was into the city. I would think that might help. A little bit, if that's even possible. Now, the other thing about the draft versus Taylor Swift, I mean, I think that people are going to be coming a little more staggered different times for the draft than a huge influx of people between the hours of. That's you know, that's a good point. It is like hours long and it, you can show up at like yeah. noon and they have other events and stuff before the actual like eight o'clock, whatever draft. But so that's a good point. I don't think it'll be quite as like everybody shows up right now you know sort of thing but um i think it's going to be a shit show either way regardless yeah yeah but they i'm kind of surprised they didn't for like the taylor swift thing though and that kind of makes me feel like they're probably not for the draft because i mean i think the whole like country knew this was going to be a huge event at every stadium she goes to and detroit was still just like we'll see (laughs) we'll do our best you know so i don't yeah we, we got there at a, like a somewhat decent time where the line was like kind of moving, even though it was astronomically long. But like it's still it, – the doors didn't open until like another hour and a half from when we got there, and it was hot. They had that air quality issue going on downtown too where Detroit oh, had like yeah. the second air quality in the world 
Like, yeah, it wasn't good. It, like something they couple couple times we saw like stretchers come by uh, and like pick people up and stuff like that. So if they're gonna do that, they need to prepare and like have people out with water and shit. <laughs> Just have workers out, you know. It's another time though. Do you think that where do you think they should have the the draft at? Do you think it should be at Ford Field? Do you think it should be in a more open space like we talked about? Like I don't know, Hart Plaza or Camp the downtown, so people can move around a little bit better. What's the, the thing with Ford that? Field is you everybody has to go in a few in exits, so it creates bottlenecks. But if you had it more of a spread out area, I guess security's harder then too, right? I guess yes. there's drawbacks yes. to that. But I don't know. Yeah, probably not there. Definitely probably not Ford Field. I don't no. know why you would have Ford Field. It's not really like an open. I don't know. It's a pretty big. Thing well, it's here. indoors. It might be cold in April in Detroit, which I feel like nobody's thinking about. You know, it's going to be a goddamn blizzard for this fucking draft weekend. <laughs> I think it's going to be a shit show. Honestly, it's going to be crowded as fuck, and there's going to be very little direction per usual because yeah. all two of the Detroit City Police Department cops will be out in force. I will say it is cool seeing that many people downtown. Like as hectic and mm. shitty as it was. And as many of them were like 13-year-old girls that were like dressed up as cowgirls and shit. It was, it was fun to just see people downtown and shit. Oh. Yeah. I think it'll it's be good for the businesses. Security yeah. nightmare. It's got to be a security nightmare for those the cops. And the others yeah. who have to provide oh, security. my God. I can't imagine. Honestly, it's got to be like all hands on deck and this is all we're doing today. Like, yeah, you call 911 on that fucking day in Detroit. Uh, I think you're fucked. I know she was going to show up. I'd almost have the National Guard there too. I mean, just they to... had, yeah, they had like helicopters overhead, over and over, and some of them were probably just media, I'm sure. But like, like there was it was a lot. That's a good point, though. Honestly, they probably should have. I mean, especially today. I mean, it's always it's it's so shitty to think about, but it's such a big event like that. It's probably would be a good idea to have the Michigan National Guard just like yeah, even just to help direct traffic. I mean, even if you're not like doing bomb searches and stuff, but well, how do you how do you stop the flow of weapons in and out of the city? You know, I mean, it just I think I you know. have to have you have to think the worst case scenario. I think maybe have those guys on standby if not there. Who know? You know what they might. You never know. They might have like had that for the Taylor Swift concert. I feel like a lot of that stuff they do and just you never hear about because. You know, ideally, yeah. they don't want to go around saying that we've got a bunch of military personnel on standby. But, you know, uh, who knows? I hope they've thought about stuff. I'm sure they have. I'm, I'm sure, sure they've looked know. at what other cities have done, you know, and what would hopefully learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like what Kansas City did last year and Chicago had it a few years ago. It was a similar. I can't believe Detroit would be that much different from Chicago in terms of security risk. No. Yeah. I, well, I think similar. they have less resources than Chicago, but I think in terms of like space and bottlenecks and amounts of people, yeah, I think if Chicago can figure out, Detroit should be able well, to. Well, Chicago is terrible to try to get into. We went to that game a couple weeks ago, yeah, and just yeah. the Tigers game, it, it was terrible to get mm-hmm. in and out of Chicago. So if they can pull it off there, we can pull it off here. Yeah. And I mean, Detroit's had events like the Super Bowl before, and that went out pretty well. And they've had the, uh, you know, the all-star game for baseball. That was, cause those are like back to back years for Detroit. So there has been an influx of people. Yeah. They're going to try to have venues around the city, right. For different events, which mm-hmm. might help disperse the crowd a little bit, as opposed to just everything in one area, which would I think that helpful. will be key. Honestly. Yeah. Is to have yeah. little air. Like even if you had a, a, like a party in Ford field and some people could go there to watch the draft, and yeah. you, but wherever the actual draft was happening, 
you know, honestly, that might be fun to go to as a fan too. I don't know if I necessarily need to be right by the stage where the, the players walk by. That'd be kind of cool, but it'd be cool just to be in that environment. Is it going to be in Ford Field? No, I don't think they've announced yet, right, where it's at. So, like, say or they do it at Ford Field, they could have a giant outdoor screen at Mar- Campus Marshes and have, a, yeah. you know, like a party-type atmosphere on there. That would be almost as much fun as being inside the stadium. Watching. Yeah, or at Comerica Park across the street. Yes. You, know, you could just open yeah, the yeah. gates there and maybe have people walk back and forth through it. That's a great idea. Put it on the big yeah. screen, the scoreboard at Comerica, mm-hmm. and have some people at Ford Field and have some people at Comerica. Yeah. Anyway, we got we to gotta go. Oh, I th- we're going to go definitely. We'll probably wind up staying downtown. There's just nothing available anymore. <laughs> but yeah, for sure we're going. That'll be fun. I'll bring the trailer. <laughs> we'll just park it on Brush Street. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be great. <laughs> it probably won't be vandalized. No, wow. not at all. No. We'll get there. We'll get there a week early. Yeah, Yeah, we'll do a live podcast, guys. By then, we'll be super popular. I mean, the NFL probably wanted to give us uh, our hot takes anyway on each draft choice. And with any luck, the Lions will have the shittiest choice because they'll have a great year. Cool, guys. Well, thanks again for doing this, and uh, we'll uh, yeah, we'll be back next week with more fun takes. Hey, thanks for listening to the Motown Family Sports Rant. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter at Motown Family SR. Our follower count is slowly improving. See you guys next week. In the ghetto. Be fucking sweet. I'm talking. Shh.